Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Well, hey, Janesville. My name is Michael. I'm the youth pastor at our Central Christian Church Beloit uh, campus, and I'm excited that you are joining us for church online. Uh, you know, the other day I was driving in Janesville, um, and, and I don't know if this ever ever happens to you, but I was listening to a really good podcast, and I kind of got distracted. Um, maybe for you, it's that song that comes on that all of a sudden your car is like an amphitheater and you, you're just rocking out. You hit all of the, the air guitar solos perfectly um, and you're just completely distracted. Or, or maybe it's that worship song that comes on that all of a sudden you're worshiping at the red light um, that's turned green a while ago, right? Um, and so I was listening to this, this podcast and it was, I kind of actually slipped into the other lane. And I, I cut a guy off and I, I quick corrected myself and I was in my lane and he came flying past me and uh, he laid on his horn and he gave me a finger that was definitely uh, not a thumbs up. Um, and it was, it was kind of funny because he ended up in front of me for like the next 10 minutes. And, and so it was kind of funny because he was right there. Uh, but as I was, was driving behind him, I'm looking at the back of his bumper and I'm seeing he's got like the stick figure family in the, the left corner of his van. And then on the right side, he actually has a sticker for a, a Christian radio station. Um, and it just kind of struck me as funny because I'm sitting there and going, okay, well, that doesn't line up at all. But at the same time, it made me really sad um, because it, it, it kind of connected back to something that I have been kind of asking myself over the past five months. And, and it's what does it look like uh, for us to follow Jesus? You know, it, it's no secret that the past five months have just been weird, right? You know, and if I hear somebody say unprecedented, new normal or pandemic, I might lose it. I seriously might lose it. Uh, but you see, two things have kind of happened that have made me rethink a ton of, of what it means for me to actually follow God. You see, the first thing that happened was uh, church kind of turned on its head. I remember in, in March, um, we were about to go on to a, a youth retreat, and I was talking with a, a couple of my, my buddies who are pastors, and we were joking around like, hey, are you going to cancel because of COVID? And there was like this actual joke. But you see, the, the next day, um, I was called into not a Zoom call, Thank goodness we didn't know what Zoom was, right? Simpler times. Um, I, I had a, a FaceTime call with Eric and with Kellen, and, and we discussed how um, we, we were going to have to cancel the youth trip and, and cancel church. And it ended up like it was fast. Like a week later, we were having church online. But, you know, it's amazing. When that happens, you don't realize how much of, of your, how much you re rely on your church to define your relationship with Jesus, you know, I'm a Christian because I attend services on the weekends. I'm a Christian because I'm active and involved in my church. And we, we still had the online experiences, but it was just different, right? So we couldn't define ourselves as Christians. We couldn't hang our hat on the fact that we showed up at church. The, the, the second thing that happened was I sat on social media for like five months. You know, I'm a youth pastor, and so I am where the students are, and that's, that's social media. And I, I watched what seemed like the world exploding, you know, we, we, we were hit after thing, after thing, after thing. You know, we had what, COVID and then the COVID shutdown. Um, and, and then that got lifted because there was protesting against that. And then uh, everything that happened in Minneapolis with George Floyd and, and all the protests that followed that. And then we, we had a mass mandate get put on. And then there's protesting against the mass mandate. And, and it just seemed like thing after thing after thing. On top of it, it was an election year. And, and I don't know if you've ever ex experienced that or if you've seen that, but it's kind of kind of getting at me. But, but the, the thing that was getting at me the most was I was watching 
how we are living as Christians on social media. You know, I watch my, my friends as it's, it's Christians, and it's, it's no secret when you're a pastor at a church, a lot of my friends on social media are Christians. Uh, you know, they're, they're either people that attend our church, maybe they attend a church I used to serve at, maybe they're, they're people that I grew up with in the church. But I've been sitting and I've been watching Christians on both sides of the aisle doing uh, what I would call like a social media drive-by shooting, right? Where you intentionally drive by somebody else's post and you post the one thing into their conversation that you know is just going to set off this, this huge like, explosion of, of hate, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's that person that comments MAGA. Maybe it's Biden 2020. Maybe it's wear a mask. Maybe it's don't be a sheep. Stop living in fear. You know, and I've been trying so hard myself to not do this. I can't tell you the number of times that I've been sitting on my computer like this, typing as hard as I can, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell them what I have to say, and then the Holy Spirit gets to me, and I, I end up having to erase it. But you see, it's led to this hatred of social media for me, and especially Facebook, because honestly, if we look at Facebook right now, we as Christians, we don't look like Jesus. And to people that aren't Christians, we look like politically charged bullies. You know, all this stuff is just kind of wore down on me. You see, the things that I used to be able to hang my hat on and say, look, I'm a Christian, they're gone. And through all this, I started to ask myself, what does it look like for me to actually follow Jesus? Because I can no longer ask the church to define that for me. Everything's pretty gray. You know, one of the verses that I've been dwelling on is actually the, the last two verses of the book of James. And so I was super pumped when Kellen came to me and asked if I would share from them. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited to share what I've been finding in my life over the past months with, with you guys. I, I know that this is probably not going to be a sermon that makes you, like, all happy and excited. This is probably going to be a sermon that hurts, but I want you to know that I, I'm living this. This is something that I have been struggling with in my life for the past five months. I, I'm not there, but it's something that I, I want to share with you guys. You see, what, what's cool when we ask ourselves that question of what does it mean to follow Jesus is the fact that James, the brother of Jesus, actually lays it all out for us. He answers the question for us of what does it mean to follow. In James 1, 26 and 27, it says this, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. You see, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You see, what James is, is actually saying, what he's getting at here is that true religion leads to action. True religion will actually change our actions. You see, our relationship with Jesus should change the way that we act. It should make us a new person. You see, when we follow Jesus, our character should start to become like God's character. And this is not something that happens overnight. It's not like you go up for, um, you know, the, the, the call to salvation and all of a sudden, bam, you're a completely different person. It's something that takes time for you to see the character changes. But you see, over time, we start to see mercy step through our lives. We start to see grace that we didn't have before. Compassion, love, mercy. You see, this is the reason that your relationship with Jesus should be evident to the people around you. Following Jesus in your life should be a life-altering experience. You see, what James is telling us here is that we can talk the talk all day. We can go to every single church service that we want to. But if we're not backing that up, if we're not actually backing that up with our words, backing up our words with our actions, it's worthless. Following Jesus means looking like Jesus. And I know you're sitting there thinking, that, that seems like a really tall order. It, it seems like it, it's really tough. What, what, what James is telling us is pure and blameless is 
actually the surface level evidence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. This is something that Paul earlier in the Bible calls the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, In other words, these are signs that you are allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces a kind of fruit in our lives. Uh, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. In other words, what he's saying in that last piece is that you can't be good enough. You can't get to the point where you are echoing God's character by yourself. You you can't go to church enough to to reach that point. Uh, you, You can't do it yourselves. You can't just follow all the right laws and have all these characteristics. You need to be allowing the, the Holy Spirit to work in your life. You can go to church all day long and never actually allow the Holy Spirit to work and move in your life. And, and I, I think that where this breaks down for most of us is we have a, a kind of a corrupt view of what the Holy Spirit is. You know, we, we view him one of two ways. The first is that he's a non-factor, right? It, it's a nice story. It's nice, okay, he offered this little, like, helper dude. We're not really sure what to use with him. And, and so we kind of put him in a box, right? We, we, we choose to not accept this, this power that he's, he's giving us, the help that he's offering. We, we just kind of throw him in a box. And, and the second is, is kind of as, as a coach, and, but not a good coach, right? We, we, we kind of think of him as this coach that stands on the sidelines and yells at us and, and, and has these unrealistic expectations, you know, I played football in, in high school, and uh, I'm definitely not a Ray McElroy. I did not play professionally. Um, definitely was not that good, right? Uh, but I had a coach when I, when I played in high school that used to drive me crazy. Uh, he was always negative. He always wanted more out of all of us. Um, but at the same time, he, he wasn't the kind of guy that would get in and, and actually do the exercises with you. Right? If this dude got in and actually tried to do what we were doing, he probably would have a heart attack. Right? And so a lot of times we look at, at the Holy Spirit as kind of like that coach. Right? He's got unrealistic expectations and he doesn't really actually want to step down into the trenches with us. You know, I, I, when I served in law enforcement, we all had this, this handle on the back of our, our uniforms. Uh, it was kind of like if you've ever seen an infant's life jacket, there's this handle to grab. Uh, we call it the oh crap strap. Uh, the idea was that um, if you were shot, if you were hurt, that you could be easily pulled to safety. You know, the, the, the reason that, that that strap was on our uniforms was because that if we were injured, our partner would come running and pull us to where safety was. We weren't expected to just kind of like drag ourselves over to, to where safety was. And that's kind of the way that I view the Holy Spirit is, is he's that partner, right? He's that partner that he's not, he's not going to have us drag ourselves close to where Jesus is. He's actually going to come and, and pull us to where Jesus is, pull us closer to, to who he is. You see, following Jesus is the action of, of, of pulling ourselves a little closer to who he is. And, and in the same way, when you accept Jesus in your life and, and truly begin to follow him, you're going to see the Holy Spirit start to pull you closer to the heart of God. And and, and so it's one thing to know that stuff, right? You say, okay, Michael, I get the Holy Spirit's going to kind of move and work in my life. uh, But what else? Like that that seems like too simple of a solution. Um, It's completely different to act it out in your life. You know, allowing the Holy Spirit to work work in your life is is the first step, but you also have to control your reaction. That, that's why in, in, in James 1.26, they talk about the, this, the tongue actually like catching us up. 
Because the Holy Spirit might be working us, but we need to be willing to control our our reaction. We still need to respond. And oftentimes, it's our reactions that get us into trouble. You know, just because the Holy Spirit's working in my life doesn't mean that I can just walk through life willy-nilly and say whatever I want. You know, I've got the Holy Spirit in my life. I can sit back, let him do the work. The Holy Spirit is a helper. He's not a slave. You have to actively work in your life at reacting more like Jesus. Uh, there's no, no one who says it better than, than Micah in Micah 6, 8. He says this, And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. T- take a second and truly apply, apply that to your life. Seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. And when he's talking about seeking justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly, he's talking about God's sense of justice. You know, we have a broken sense of justice, a broken sense of what mercy should look like. But if we want to act like Jesus, we need to act out of his sense of justice, his sense of mercy. What this means in a nutshell is that we need to seek justice for all sides. We need to love and show mercy for all sides. We need to walk humbly following Jesus and understanding that we're not first and that we don't know anything. You know, the cool thing is you can take anything that happens in your life and apply Micah 6.8 to it. You know, this, this past week, as I'm sure many of you are aware, there was a shooting that happened uh, in Kenosha. And so you sit there on social media and you watch everything explode and, and you watch um, everybody say, you know, Jesus would be on this side or Jesus would be on that side or this is what Jesus would do. And a lot of people are trying to speak to, to Jesus' character and, and what he would do. But the reality is that, that Jesus wouldn't be for the Black Lives Matter protesters. Jesus wouldn't be for the cops. He wouldn't be for uh, the, the looters or rioters. He, he wouldn't be for one single group. He, he'd be for everyone. His sense of justice, his sense of mercy, his sense of love, compassion, everything would be given across the board. And that's what we're called to do in Micah 6, 8. And so this is a little bit of what it looks like. We, we're to seek justice for victims of police brutality. We're to seek justice for victims of racism, of, of looting and rioting, of officers injured and killed in protest, of all people who need justice. We are to love mercy and give mercy to the protesters, to the police officers, to the other side, whatever side that is for you. The, we're to give mercy to the officers that were involved in the incident. We're to give mercy to the looters, to the rioters. We're to give mercy to our leadership whether that be the governor, whether that be the president, whether in, in your life circumstance, maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's, maybe it's your pastor here at the church. We're called to give mercy to our leadership. And finally, we're to walk humbly, to set aside our side, to be righteous and not right. I can't tell you the number of times that I've seen people lose righteousness because they just want to be right on social media. We're called to be righteous and not right, to humble ourselves before God, to be willing to listen to the other side. You see, understanding God is our ultimate authority, not government or not what we want. You see, when you enact this into your life, you are going to be amazed at how you start to look more like Jesus. And, and people, they're going to notice. You see, our end goal as Christians is that our character look exactly like the character of God. That when people look at our actions, they see Jesus working and moving in our lives. This is why in a couple weeks here, we're going to be taking a love offering here at the church to, to rebuild a, a church in, in Little Rock, Arkansas that was firebombed twice. To, to give to the school in Haiti and, and serve the underprivileged there. To give to Ray of Hope Ministries that serves underprivileged kids in the inner city of Chicago. 
But you see, it can't just stop there. This has got to be more than just putting money in a plate. This needs to be a lifestyle, a, a lifetime of us showing people the character of God. And you know, I may be stepping on some of your toes. Some of you might not want to hear this today, but the reason that this is so important is because we have a world to reach. And there's no way that you can reach this world by just talking the talk, by just going to church and, and playing church. You know, there's, there's a study of a, out of a, test, a, a church in, in Austin, Texas, um, where they, they went on the streets and they asked people what they thought of Christians and what they thought of Christianity and, and the church in general. You know, the, the two most common responses that were heard were hateful and hypocritical. That Christians are hateful and Christians are hypocritical. And, and I don't know about you, but that actually burdens my heart. Because when I see those two responses, I don't see Jesus. Jesus wasn't hateful and, and he wasn't hypocritical. This is the result of us as Christians not actually walking the walk. We're talking a good game, but we're not actually walking the walk. And I don't know about you guys, but I want the people of Rock County, when they're asked that question, I want them to say, man, they love like nobody else. They show mercy like nobody else. They, they seek justice like nobody else. Basically, I want them to say, man, they look really close to what Jesus looks like. And that's my challenge for you all this week. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to work and move in your life and pull you closer to the character of God? Or, or is, your, your, is your sense of, of, of mercy, of justice, of love, of compassion looking more like Jesus? Or, or are you just playing church? If we took away your ability to attend a church service, would your life look any different than somebody who has never met Jesus? We're called to love the way that Jesus loved, to, to show mercy the way he did, to, to love justice the way he did, and to sacrifice the way he did, and, and give all the glory to God. And that's what it means to truly follow Jesus with, with everything we have. You know, it's that characteristic of, of sacrifice that we honor every single week when we do communion. You know, we remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us. And so at this point in time, I'd love for you to take your communion, whatever it might be. Maybe it's a donut coffee. Maybe it's a pancake and juice. Maybe it's really anything that, that represents Jesus' sacrifice. And, and go ahead and partake that right now. And, and as you are, remember that sacrifice that Jesus made for you guys. Let's pray. Father God, you are good and we praise you and thank you. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that pulls us closer to who you are, God. God, we want to be just like you. We want people to look at our lives that they see you working and moving in our lives. We just pray that right now you would make us take that one step closer to who you are. And we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.